Welcome back to the Retro Craptacular Podcast, where each month we continue our search for the best bad movies on the planet Earth. I am your host, Aaron, and I am joined, as always, by Matt. Hello, Matt. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, my friend. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's definitely a unique Easter this year, what with the whole don't don't go outside, don't see your family. Yep. I I went and picked up some... uh, some turkey dinner from my my mom she had it all boxed up and ready to go for me so i just Lovely. finished eating that yeah it was it was good it was good but definitely yeah strange to not to not be getting together with the fam this mm-hmm. year what uh did you did you do anything to commemorate the day just uh, a four-way video chat with um my my family oh nice Nice. Or five way, five way. There was yeah, five different video streams going on. All the sibs, all the sibs, and my mom, who and was your mom. with nice. with some of my sibs. Yep. Well, that's and of fun. course my nephew Soren, who just kept trying to slam his face into the into the uh, camera. Oh, I can't imagine being a parent these days. No, right? Like no, I'm, like I'm sure you already feel in a. Uh, trapped in a life that you you can never escape from as a as a parent especially a parent of small children but i feel like that's just got to be even worse nowadays yes i would imagine yeah uh children are lovely Hmm. but it's nice to to give them back you know <laughs> yes i do know <laughs> it's nice to be like i i'm i'm finished I'm finished with this interaction. Go back yep. to your go back to your parent and and let me be. So, uh I assume that you've been doing basically the same thing I've been doing, which is never leaving your couch except to make food. Uh sort of, except I don't even have a couch. Ooh. So, <laughs> we yeah, we never got one and <laughs> and uh well, you ain't going to get one now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all those little things that you never did in your day that you just like took for granted. Like, oh, I'll just do it later. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, shit. Like, I can't. Next weekend, we'll go get a couch. Yeah, I know, right? A big one? Getting your hair cut. Yeah. It's I'm like... So, I'm so close to shaving my head. <laughs> I mean, Cause if, you, if you do, I would love to have it filmed just saying i've been growing my hair out for a long time yeah it's been quite a while it looks pretty good much... it doesn't look too long to me but no i like too long it so it touches my neck like if i take mm. off my headphones you can get like the full the full experience it's, oh. it's quite a oh, whole listener if only you could see this now oh it's so hot you oh, know. Hey. But, but i do uh i do like having the long hair back but now i'm kind of like it's it's that's a lot of work i mean luckily i don't have to go out or like be seen by anyone really so (laughs) it doesn't doesn't really matter but it's nice to have the option you know yeah i could get rid of this if i wanted to i'm just thankful i didn't go get a mullet which is something i was considering doing oh that's right like a like two weeks before the whole uh isolation thing started i was like maybe i'll go get like a cool mullet 
that'd, that'd be that'd be that'd be sick right and some people were like yeah dude actually yeah you could rock a mullet you should do it and i was seriously thinking about it and i just kind of never got around to booking a, an appointment and then our barber closed and every other barber shop also closed so i'm 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 going with the flow for now and yep. um I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I'm at the point where uh, I'm going to go full Britney yet, but <laughs> maybe. Maybe one day. Time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, I'm kind of hoping this doesn't continue on much past May. Hard to tell at this point, hey? It is hard to tell. I mean, we're in Canada, so we're in decent shape. I mean, Ontario, I think, has been hit the worst. Yeah, it's it's not great over here. Ontario and Quebec are kind of the two biggest population centers in the country. So, uh, but BC BC is looking all right. Um, nothing like what's happening in the states. If you're listening from yeah. the states, wow, our our sympathies go out to you because that just seems it it seems literally the definition of unreal. Yeah, you know, like it seems it like does. it can't. It can't be real. It's it's hard. It's hard to actually digest as fact. Like the fact that New York has more cases of this virus than any other country outside of the United States is just bizarre. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, Anyways, enough of the doom and gloom. What? Uh... Happy Easter! Happy Easter! <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, to all of our non-Christian listeners, happy day off from work tomorrow, I guess. Or if you had it on Friday like I did, hope you enjoyed it's a, it. It's a long weekend for most people, right? Yeah. I mean, unless you got laid off, in which case... Just one big long weekend. Hey man, this Hopefully. weekend has been a month long. Has it been a month? Hopefully, yet? just about. Yeah. Yeah. I think I started. Yeah, I started like early March. Working from home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. I actually enjoy working from home. I find I'm more productive. Oh, me too. Easily. Even even though I I I still probably goof off more. I think I actually get more shit done. Yeah, me too. I'm actually, I find um, in a home work environment, I'm much more self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I take way more breaks because um, I'm like, well, like, oh, I'm stiff. I need to, like, get up and stretch. Like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. I'll just go eat something. But then the time that I'm actually yeah. here working, I'm, like in a much better condition than if I was just like at a desk for several hours trying to get something done. Well, for sure. I mean, like there's, there's something to be said for being able to kind of go at your own pace and not have someone like standing over your shoulder, making sure you're not costing the company money all the time. Right. Like it's, Mm -hmm. I think, and, and it works for some professions and others. It doesn't like, obviously if you work, you know, in the service industry, you have to be at a place at a certain time, you know, for that duration. And there's stuff that you have to do, to do during that. But like for 
for me, I just have a set list of things that all have dates that they need to be done by. And as long as I get them done by those dates, like, no, theoretically, no one should bother me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always mean people don't bother me about them. But oh, yeah. theoretically, no one should bother me. I think um, Best Buy did a study in their, in their corporate offices where they basically just said, like, look, you have this amount of stuff you have to get done by 5 o'clock on Friday. If you need to go to a doctor's appointment, you need to like pick your kids up from school, t- take them to their soccer game, you just don't want to come in in the morning, fucking whatever. Do whatever you want to do as long as everything on this list gets done by this time on Friday. We don't care. Wow. You know, and they found out that people actually were way more productive when they didn't have someone standing at the door with a stopwatch being like... Oh, you're fucking two minutes late. We're going to write you up because you didn't show up exactly at, you know, 830. And we're going to stand over you and make sure you're fucking working every second that you're here. And if you take too long of a yawn, we're going to, you know, write you up and dock your pay. Like, um, wow. Yeah, they found out that adults are actually capable of just, like, executing tasks without having someone standing behind them literally cracking a whip the whole time. Literally cracking a whip? Literally cracking a whip. What was Best Buy like before the day? (laughs) It was a horrible place to work, but now it's great. (laughs) Where there's a whip, there's a way, am I right? Oh, you are correct. I uh, I actually went and uh, and rewatched The Hobbit after our last podcast. Yeah, yeah. It was excellent. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I was going to ask if... uh, if you had watched any quarantine movies since the last we spoke. Yeah, yeah I did that. And uh, I I didn't, but I got a uh, message from someone uh, saying that they watched Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. Based on our recommendation. So that's good. I can't remember your name, but uh, <laughs> thanks. Um, More but like yeah, you're I'm... welcome. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for listening. And also, oh, okay. you're welcome, because they said they had an amazing time watching it. Yes, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been watching a ton of stuff. I got... Yeah? Yeah, I got a list. I mean, not a literal list, I, uh, a mental list, but uh, I don't know. How, uh, what, what have you been, been up to? Um... I don't remember. <laughs> Time you know has what, no meaning. Do you know what day it is? <laughs> I well, didn't when I, I woke well, up. Well, I'll start. Um, <laughs> I I watched the Dracula miniseries. Oh, how was that? Really, really good. Mm. Uh, except for the last episode, which was kind of just okay. No, oh, didn't didn't go uh, out with a bang. Uh, it went out with a bit of a whimper, and oh. I won't I won't spoil too much for you. But basically, at the end of episode two, um, the spoilers for the BBC Dracula that came out last year. Dracula ends up in a coffin at the bottom of the ocean, gets pulled out, and it's like 120 years later, and he's in the modern day. Mm. And then episode three is like him in the modern day and there's like 
you know, a modern day vampire hunting organization after him. And it's kind of like every bad choice that um, the the new Universal Monsters movies keep making, where they're like, except for The Invisible Man, which is fucking amazing. If you haven't seen it, fucking watch it. Invisible Man. Oh. Prime. So good. Um, And I feel like, which is like, bring it into the modern day, because it was like a cool, gothic, vampire horror show it was fantastic they gender flipped um van helsing oh cool she's a nun agatha van helsing mm. really really cool but i think the bring dracula into the modern day would have been a cool twist at the end of episode three to kind of do a new season with but Mm. i don't think they're gonna do a new season at all i think it's just done like it ended somewhat with it with a a note of finality to it Uh. yeah so i mean it was still enjoyable i think if you watch all three episodes you'll have a good time if you just stop after episode two you'll also have a good time (laughs) So, win-win. The guy who plays Dracula is fantastic, too. Uh, I can't remember his... It's like Cleese or Clace. Cleese Bang is his name. Cleese Bang. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's how you pronounce it, actually. It looks like an Irish name. It's like C-L-A-E-S. Oh, okay. Well, then... So, it's probably like... Probably like Curtis. Probably, Yeah. <laughs> If it's like has its roots in Gaelic or something, yeah, then yeah, it looks, looking it looks, at it does not help you. Yeah. Or like Tim. <laughs> His name is Tim. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> something like that. But Yeah. That's uh that's one thing I watched. Did you remember anything you watched? Well, no, I wasn't thinking about it, I was just listening to you talk. <laughs> oh, cool. Hold on, I'm going to close a vent. Mm. Yeah, that's better. I could hear some rattling. Booyah. Booyah, kasha. Um, I, well, I watched a thing that I think you've talked about on this podcast before. Oh. Um, but I, I've never Pokemon? watched it. It is Pokemon. No. Um, Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. What <laughs> do I talk about? This was a while ago because it's taken me a long time to watch it, but I watched um, The Haunting of Hill House. Oh yeah, I have talked about that before. How did you? How did mm-hmm. you? Uh, how did you like that? Oh my god, it was so good, isn't it? Yeah, I was I was talked into watching it because I remember when the trailers came out. I watched the trailers. And I'm like, I don't want to watch a f- another fucking haunted house show. Like. <laughs> I get it. Like the kids are gonna see a creepy ghost, and they're gonna get scared, and their parents aren't gonna believe them. And then the doors are gonna close, and they're gonna see someone in the mirror standing behind them. And this is gonna go on for ten episodes. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not watching this. <laughs> but the trailers completely omitted the whole like twenty, thirty years later thing. Yeah, I never actually watched the trailers um, until I saw the show, and then. Like, when I saw a bit of it, I was like, oh, this isn't super representative. No, it looked super boring. 
because I don't like I don't like haunted house movies at the best of times. Like unless it's The Conjuring, I ain't interested. <laughs> um, but this was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Actually, just a super interesting story. Um, yeah. I really like how how it was told. Um, that makes a huge difference to a plot yeah, how you yeah. unfold the story. And so, like, wow, super cool, legit creepy for me at least i get scared really easily i'm a wuss but i felt like it was legitimate creepy like every episode yeah it was, it was creepy and there was a, there was one like jump scare that actually scared the crap out of me oh yeah which is when uh uh spoilers for a show that came out like a year ago um <laughs> when <laughs> when they're in the car the two sisters are in the car and they're driving after luke and then all of a sudden, the ghost just jumps out of the back seat with no warning. Yep. They're, like, in an argument that's getting more and more heated, and then it just screams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, like, most jump scares, like, you see them coming a mile away. It's, like, there's a little bit of creepy music. They're walking down a, the hallway with the creakiest floorboards of all time. They're, like, what? What's going on? Something behind the door. And they open the door, and then the cat's, like, Meow, and they're, like, oh, oh, thank God. And then they turn around and there's a ghost there that's like, ah, and yells at them. And it's just, it's super loud. So you jump. Mm-hmm. But this was like, there was no, but like you could almost go like, okay, cat, sigh of relief and scare. Like, you, you, you know, like you could just yeah. you could set your watch to it. Like you could time it out. And this was just like, they're having an argument. They're yelling at each other. And all of a sudden now there is also a ghost yelling at them. Yeah. That's a, the legit was, jump scare. <laughs> When it comes yeah. out of nowhere. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, that scared the ever-living shit out of me. Um, so good. It was really good. I I started watching Jay and Silent Bob reboot on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah? I think I made it about 15 minutes in Ooh. Before, before I turned it off. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Not good, it's, huh? I it's it's not it's really not I I I don't like that that Kevin Smith feels the need to like go back to the well like I know he's writing a Mallrat sequel now too oh yeah and he's he's gonna do Clerks 3 and I'm like you know what like you don't need to be rehashing your old shit like people and I get why he's doing it because he's got a loyal fan base and he can like take the movie like what he did with Jay and Silent Bob reboot was he did literally like a tour where he was like the movie is going to be in you know like they were in Vancouver for two nights and it was like $60 for a ticket you go see the movie and then he comes out and does a Q&A after and they did two two nights two shows per night and he you know sold out the Rio for four showings so that 60 bucks a head that's a ton of cash and so yeah. for like a guy who doesn't have huge mainstream appeal anymore, like you put that movie in a multiplex and people aren't necessarily going to go, but the hardcores will come out and they'll pay that money to then see a movie and a show kind of after, right? Because he'll get up and basically he'll do a Q&A, but it's basically like a stand-up show. Yeah. Because he, he's a really funny guy, but oh damn, dude, the movie's so bad. <sighs> That's too bad. I liked I liked when he was doing his weirdo 
monster movies. Like, did you ever see Tusk? No, I didn't. It was a movie that was based on a joke that he made on a podcast <laughs> where a, a man turns another man into a walrus. Like, kidnaps him and turns him into a walrus. And it's just the, it's this fucking weird movie. Go find... I can't remember the, the episode number. It's like episode 143 or something of Smodcast. It's the, called The Walrus and the Carpenter. It was based on this, like ad that someone wrote on Gumtree, which is a th- uh, like the Australian Craigslist. And I think they might use it in the UK as well. I think this was in the UK. That sounds Basically, familiar. With this, guy, this guy was like, I will give you free lodging in my mansion if you will, for one hour a day, dress up in a realistic walrus costume that I've built and <laughs> pretend to be a walrus. Um <laughs> Because what? it reminds me of this time during the war when I was shipwrecked uh, on this island and my only companion was a walrus. And wow. I I miss I miss having the walrus as a companion. So it, it turned out to be a hoax. Like it was a prank post. Um, but okay. it, it spawned this conversation where Kevin Smith and his, his friend Scott Mosier were like going like, oh my God, this is like a fucking horror movie. Like he's going to knock him out. He's going to sew him into the walrus suit. <laughs> Made of human skin, right? And like, spoiler alert, that fucking happens in the movie. Oh, gosh. And it's amazing, dude. And it's like, I went to see that movie in the theater. I was the only person in the theater. <laughs> you know? and One of those, eh? <laughs> yeah, so like, financially, it did not do well. But was it like... Like, I, I just, I love that he chased that stupid idea. Because it's so easy to go like, should I make the walrus movie? No, probably not. That's stupid. But, fuck man, he did it. And it was so good. Wow. Just I just love that it exists, you know? And so he was supposed to do a movie called Moose Jaws. Which is just going to be Jaws with a moose. A killer moose set at a summer camp in Saskatchewan. Yes, that's just what I ask. Yeah, because he, he was going to do a trilogy of Canadian horror movies. He did Tusk, which took place in Winnipeg, and then he did Yoga Hosers, which was uh, a movie that was like a spin-off of Tusk, which starred these two, his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter, doing, uh, they were the convenience store clerks in Tusk, and then they did this other movie where there was a a crazy nazi scientist living under the streets of winnipeg creating um one foot tall nazi soldiers out of bratwurst called bratzies what the frick it's a real dumb movie i did not enjoy that one as much but again i love that it exists (laughs) all right (laughs) because it's stupid very sounds dumb yeah, um, but Jay and Silent Bob reboot to bring it back around to what we were talking about. Oh yeah, I forgot what is we were all, talking is, about. Is all, I can't believe I did like ten minutes on Tusk. Fucking check that out, man! It's great. Uh, <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob reboot is just it's it's a dead gimmick. Mm. Like even when they did Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, it was kind of a a dead gimmick, you know. Yeah, and it really feels like beating a dead horse at this point. I might try to finish it, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I Womp. 
What about you? You got anything? I've been like racking my brain. I feel like I I feel like I watched a movie and as I was watching it I was like like this is a movie that Aaron will have wanted me to watch or something. And was I it just, the movie that we're supposed to watch for the podcast? <laughs> oh fuck no. <laughs> no, it was obviously not that. No. But um, did, you, did you watch any of the quarantine movies? I don't think so. All right. But I also didn't write down your list, so <laughs> Oh. Well, I mean, there's an easy way you could have gotten it. How? Text me. <laughs> or or listen to the podcast. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. Listen to the podcast. Yeah. Hey. The texting you is even easier. It's even easier. You don't have to listen to like an hour and a half of <laughs> us talking about cuz like half of it is your list. Yes. Yeah. Approximately. I uh do you have Amazon Prime by the way? Um I have a family member who has Amazon Prime. I have access to it somehow. To the video? Yeah. Cool. Okay, cuz there's a show that just came out and I've been watching it and it's weird. Hmm. And I want you to watch it and tell me what you think. So, have you heard of Tales from the Loop? No. Okay, so Tales from the Loop was like it started as a series of paintings by this uh Swedish painter whose name I'm going to forget right now. It's probably Anders something. Um and then it was turned into a role-playing game by Free League Publishing. Oh. Um which I purchased at Christmas and because it's coming from Sweden and also now there's covid i have not received it yet oh of course but i have the pdf so i do kind of have it but uh, simon stalenhag is That's the guy's name he, he's the artist what what is it the a with the little circle over it what is what does that do to it oh i forget what that one is stalenhag i'm not sure I think it's either in in Norway, in Norwegian. I think it turns it into like an O. And it, but I think in Sweden it maybe turns it into like a Stalen. I, yeah, I don't know. Stalenhag, Stolenhag. Anyways, so it's it's like it it's billed as like Stranger Things, like kids on bikes in the eighties, like Amblin movie, weird things happening in a town. You know, there's a weird quantum physics thing called the loop in this town in Sweden in the show it's in mm. Ohio um and like it causes weird you know physics-y stuff to happen okay. um but like if so if stranger things is like the Steven Spielberg 80s um this is more like the Stanley Kubrick version of that. Whereas like it's mm. very slow paced. The acting is very wooden and the dialogue is super stilted. And it's not like super duper fun the way like Stranger Things is. Okay. 
And maybe Stanley Kubrick isn't the best. It's the only thing I could think of, though. Like, the only the only comparison I could think of. Like, you know, if if, if Stranger Things is E.T., then this is, uh, like, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Like... Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I do. So it's like it's like a semi anthology. Yeah. Where looking at it right now, it looks like every episode has a different director. Yep. Yep. Jodie Foster directed an episode. Uh Andrew Stanton directed an episode. Oh, I also watched Wally. That was the other quarantine thing I watched. Oh yeah. Great Love movie. It. Great it's movie. So good. Andrew Stanton directed that too. But yeah, um it's it's kind of strange. I watched the first three episodes. Um the first two kind of have uh, similar characters, um, where like the first one is kind of about these two little kids and the mom character, and then the second episode kind of focuses on the older brother a little bit more, mm. and then the third episode is about the older brother's girlfriend, who was just like kind of like a side player in the second episode, and then now... She gets her own episode, and so it's going to kind of, I think it's going to kind of be like Our Town, where it kind of just like hops around. Mm. I think that was kind of the comparison that uh, one of the producers made. So, I don't know. Like I said, I watched episode three. I'll probably probably keep going. Like, it's not it's not difficult to watch, but it's it's weird. I'd love to get your thoughts on it, if you ever get around to watching it. Yeah, it sounds interesting. How's the music? I see that a bunch of the episodes were composed by Philip Glass, and I enjoy his work. Um, could not tell you how the oh, music okay. is. Don't remember it at all. Well, <laughs> some, sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it wasn't like, you know, Stranger Things did the like super like synthy, techno 80s kind of... Like yeah, analog analog synth score. This yeah. is a more traditional score. Yeah, Philip um, Glass is more that style. I mean, for Stranger Things, they straight up like approached an electronic duo that specializes in retro yeah. sounds. Like, I yeah. don't think I don't think they had scored much before Stranger Things. They just like put out albums and did shows and stuff. Right. Yeah. But they freaking crushed it. Stranger Things is good. This is Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's bad. It's just it's weird. But they did kind of build it or, or bill it as at least with the role playing game, they build it as like, do you like Amblin movies and Stranger Things and E. T. and kids on bikes running around in the eighties having adventures and there's sci fi? And I'm like, Yes. Take my money. <laughs> um and the show is not that. Hmm. Like, it's not, like, fun, you know? Aww. I think it's trying to be more cerebral. Well, I have made it note isn't, of isn't. it. I'll have to take a look. Yeah, give it, a, give it a chance. The first episode is not the best. I think my favorite so far has been the third one. So, maybe it's just it just gets better and better. Like, maybe it's going to open up as the show goes on, and it's going to get more and more... Um, you know, a slow burn storylines might intersect a bit more characters mm-hmm. might cross over. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. Cause 
like I said, it's kind of semi, um, like a semi anthology right now, which is, mm-hmm. it can be good. Like I, 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 I don't mind a, like a straight up anthology, but this is a little, yeah, I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah. I, I'm probably going to just going to keep watching it after we're done this. Cause like I said, I got <laughs> nothing else to do. So yeah, legit. Yeah. Cool. Well, on that note, should we get back at it with our, why we're here? Yeah, here we go. Cool. So on this show, we usually watch bad movies and then we talk about them for like the last half of the episode. And we took a break from doing that uh, this last month. And now we're back at it this month, continuing our retrospective on the distant future, the year 2000. And this was somewhat of a serendipitous pick because I totally forgot that this movie was about a virus. Um, yeah, that was in interesting. particular, uh, like a very killer strain of influenza. But um, so it was uh, uh, surprisingly topical. Um, yeah, I think I had just picked it because there was supposed to be a Bond movie coming out in April, and I was like, oh, well, let's just watch Mission Impossible Two. Identity confirmed. Good morning, Mr. Hunt. Sorry I barged in on your vacation. Well, Mr. Hunt, I don't quite know where to begin. You know me? No. Should I? She's got no training for this kind of thing. To go to bed with a man at light home, she's a woman. She's got all the training she needs. Welcome to Australia, mate. This ain't funny. The mother of all nightmares is on the loose. I don't think I can do it. I mean, it'll be difficult. Very. Well, this is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Difficult to be a walk in the park for you. You gotta be kidding. Not terrible? Ultimately? No. No. I remember it being... Like, I remember watching it as... I think I probably saw it in middle school, maybe? Cool. Like, grade eight? Um, But I remember it being, like, the movie that killed the Mission Impossible franchise. Kind of. I mean... But, like... Why? I mean, I mean, kind of, but also like not really, because like, what year did? I mean, maybe like. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Hold on. I was gonna pull up a a list of when the Mission Impossible movies came out because I want to track the years in between them. So like the first one, I want to say was 1995. 1996. So four years later, they make two, and then mm-hmm. six years after that. Mission Impossible 3 comes out. And then it's kind of been every four-ish years because it was 2011. So Wait, how many years. are there? There's six right now. Wow. So there's five years in between three and four and then four years in between 
four and five, and then only three years in between five and six. So I guess like two didn't like it is the biggest gap in there, six years between Mission Impossible movies, but like there was also four years in between one and two, so it wasn't like a like they were pumping out a new one every year, like, you know. Um, but anyways, yeah, Mission Impossible 2 was directed by John Woo, and it shows. It's, uh... <laughs> who's, who's John Woo again? I, I'm having trouble remembering. Uh, very, very famous Hong Kong action movie director. Let's look up his, uh, his filmography Credits. here. He, yeah, he directed, um, like... Hard Boiled and The Killer, which are like two like Chow Yun Fat action movies. Oh yeah. Um and he directed a bunch of stuff. Whoa. He's been active since nineteen sixty eight, really? Well, way to go. How old is he? Oh, he's seventy three. Okay. I didn't think he was I didn't realize he was that old. Um but yeah, the first one I think that kind of got him recognition in the States and in North America was the killer that's definitely kind of like the classic um john woo kind of action movie uh mm. bullet bullet in the head hard boiled hard target those were kind of and then uh broken arrow the um john travolta christian slater action vehicle um, um and he also did face off which is maybe his most um infamous kind of you know, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta switch faces. And so you get John Travolta acting like Nicolas Cage and Nicolas oh Cage word. acting like John Travolta. It's absolute insanity. Actually, we should watch that for the show. I was just about to say um, we should definitely watch that. But kind of one of his, like, the John Woo, like, trope. Like, if 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 lens flares are J.J. Abrams' thing then doves flying through the scene in slow motion are like oh. the the lens flare of John Woo. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's kind of I definitely made a note about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of his big his big thing. But uh yeah, this is um very weird it's a huge departure from one like how familiar are you familiar are you with the uh, mission impossible movies i'm just gonna make it impossible for myself to edit that out <laughs> sounds good just go to uh yeah i'm really looking forward to listening to you do that again later <laughs> in the future um not familiar not very familiar at all i i thought that i had seen two i didn't remember any of it at okay. all um and you've number seen the first one, one i know that i've seen number one all i can remember is like the first part like it starts with him with ethan hunt on a mission right and then like all of his team gets murdered yeah yeah, yeah. that's the only thing i remember from the first movie <laughs> it scarred me as a child the yeah, elevator dude, the, the elevator oh, bit i was just gonna say no. So scarring. Well, and um, it's funny because like they they hired like Emilio Estevez, who was like a big name at the time, to play that oh, part, yeah. and they paid him a lot of money to do it, and they whack him, and yeah, and then like the first twenty minutes of the movie, 
And so like that would have been probably pretty shocking. It would have been the equivalent of like, I don't know if he was as big as Robert Downey Jr., but like, you know. Sure, it would have been like having Robert Downey Jr. show up in your movie and then he's dead in the first, you know, 20 minutes in the movie and you're like, what the fuck? What was that? What was that movie? I think it was like a Coen Brothers movie where it's like Brad Pitt, I think, he was shot in the face. Oh, yeah. Uh, Burn After Reading. Was that George yeah, he, Clooney shot him in the face? George Clooney shoots him in the face like halfway through the movie. <laughs> Yeah, man, that was shocking, and like, yeah, he just, I man, I didn't see it coming. I really, that was that's that a was great good. movie. That was very good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Mission Impossible Two. For those who haven't seen it, let's maybe just touch on the plot real quick. You mentioned before it's about a horrible virus. Yeah, so um, Russian scientist creates a horrible strain uh, strain of influenza in a lab called the chimera and he also creates then a cure uh called bellerophon and the idea is to sell the virus uh no we we don't learn right away what the what the intention was like we don't have the the beginning of the movie but we do right. learn that the idea was to make a deadly virus and essentially unleash it right so that the manufacturer will be able to make a shit ton on the only cure on the antidote yeah so yeah so okay so what i couldn't figure out though is like so the, the the russian scientist made it on purpose in order to sell the antidote it wasn't like because brendan gleason is in this movie in like almost in just an extended cameo like he's in like two scenes. Um, but he plays the head of like a major pharmaceutical company. Um and there's a somewhat confusing scene where Ethan Hunt is wearing a mask. By the way, everyone in this movie has too many masks. They're all using <laughs> it happens masks. Too much. Yeah. So many like, ma- like the mask thing was fun in the first one. I get that you gotta do it, but like Jesus. Calm down with the mask. Um Maybe I'm going too far. Let's start at the beginning again. So he's on a plane and the with Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise. Uh and the captain releases the says that they've been de or uh, seen dropping cabin pressure and releases the masks. But what he's actually doing is he's gassing everyone on the plane because a bunch of terrorists are trying to steal this uh, drug from the scientist yeah he has the virus like in yeah. his bag well the, the virus well, and the antidote well does he because i thought he infected himself with it and that's how he was transporting it oh that's right he was he yeah. was the human incubator because but i think, think he did have a specimen in his bag i think he did oh okay maybe because i thought that they the the plot is somewhat confusing. A little bit, yeah. Um, although I can I can tell you what this Mission Impossible is about. I cannot tell you what like the MacGuffin in any of the other Mission Impossible movies is. Three, four okay, oh, yeah. one. One is the list of active agents in the field, the knock list. Oh yeah, 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 that's they right. To, they got two floppy disks, they need to steal the floppy disks. Might right. have been a zip disk. 
it's unclear <laughs> but uh <laughs> but it's some real mid-90s computer technology going down in that yeah. movie um but this one is yeah the, it's it's very clear what they're after it's a virus mm-hmm. um but yeah what one of the things that i'm i'm trying to remember now is if he did have a sample with him because it turns out that Ethan Hunt is actually a Scottish man from Australia um, <laughs> who's on the plane with uh, one of the others from Lost. Oh, yeah. Um, whose name might also be Ethan on that show. Is it? It might be. That's a weird brain twist. It is. Um but he's the guy. And they were on a plane. Oh my god! And it crashed. Wait, wait. <laughs> Same universe? Yeah, yeah. No, because that dude gets hit by a semi truck yeah. at the end of the he movie. Gets, and his car he gets explodes smoked. so much. But then he wakes up on a on an island. On an island, and Ben is like, "There's a plane crashing. You were on that plane, anyways." Um, <laughs> It's the guy. It's the guy that's the the first other that you meet on Lost. Um, and they. Steal oh, that's right. The... I remember now. I remember now. I remember now. They they he just had the antidote in his bag. Right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense because he, treat him, he needed to treat himself with it, but he needed to. That's why they need to go steal the virus later. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So they steal the antidote from the bag. The virus is in the scientist. They don't know that. And so the scientist crashes on the plane and dies. And it explodes and it destroys the only sample of the virus they thought they were getting. And but kills so many people. There were so many. It was a oh, big yeah. plane. I mean, so these are people, people who died. were... It wasn't a very full plane, though. Wasn't it? I don't think so. Because I remember... Yeah, I remember thinking like, huh... There's not a lot of people on this gigantic plane right now. Okay, there's like a decent amount, so but I feel like I feel like there was a lot of empty seats. But anyways, I mean, these are people that are going to release a virus and try to get kill a bunch of people so that they can profit off the antivirus. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so they don't get it, so then they got to go steal it again. But who's hot on their uh, tail? It's Ethan Hunt, and he's free climbing mm. a rock. Because yeah, yeah. he's Tom Cruise and he's got to do all his own stunts. And it looks like he's actually free soloing. Like, like I assume that he's on some kind of set? Because that looks r- like... No, he's probably on a mountain. Is super freaking dangerous. Very dangerous. But I mean, this is also a guy that learned how to... Not only how to fly a helicopter... Uh, for the last Mission Impossible movie, but also learned how to do like aerobatic helicopter flying, so that he could fly a helicopter and do like flips and shit and fly it through a canyon in New Zealand, and did like a real halo jump. <sighs> like there's a right. scene in there's a scene in the new Mission Impossible movie where he runs and jumps out of a huge plane and the camera kind of drops out of the plane. Well, there's a cameraman running backwards with a huge camera on his head 
falling backwards out of a plane, and Tom Cruise jumps and stops, like, right in front of his face, and they're actually jumping out of a plane. So, like, if Tom Cruise is actually free-soloing, it, it, it wouldn't be the craziest thing I've ever heard. Fair, yeah. Like, Fair. He, he bought an insurance company to insure himself for his movies because no other insurance company would insure him. So he's like, I'll buy my own. And I'll wow. insure me. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> That's how much how of a liability to do this. I don't know. He just he owns like, a company that he's like, will he, give him money if he hurts himself. No, it'll reimburse the, the studio. Oh, I see. So when you when you make a movie, you get production insurance so that mm. if something happens, you're not out hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Usually nothing right. happens, but sometimes you get like a lost in La Mancha um situation where you your you know entire location gets flooded and your lead actor has a slipped disc and can't ride a horse and also could barely speak english in the first place like why did you hire him but whatever um man i have no idea what you're talking about this sounds like a nightmare (laughs) uh terry gilliam tried to make a don quixote movie in the 90s and it was a disaster and he eventually made it like two years ago three years ago with adam driver um oh but it was originally it was gonna be johnny depp and some spanish actor but the guy could like could not speak english he was trying to learn english but then also like he had a slip disc at one point couldn't ride a horse and basically the investors decided um there's a force majeure contract uh, uh, clause in the contract and we're going to go with that and take the money we're gonna pull our money out of the movie and the movie never got made there's a very interesting documentary about it called Lost in La Mancha. Um, about about watching this movie just fall apart. Shoot. Poor Terry. Yeah. Whatever, he made it. I don't really like Terry Gilliam's movies, to be honest yeah. with you. I don't know everyone does. Like everyone seems to think he's really cool. I fucking hate Brazil, dude. Or not Brazil. What's the Brad Pitt? Twelve Monkeys. Didn't like it. No, I don't know that one. Yeah. Anyways, um... I know he was in talks originally to direct The Force Awakens, and I'm like, oh, the last thing I want oh. is a Terry Gilliam Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would it have been as much of a disaster as the last one we got? Maybe not, but it would have been a more interesting disaster, maybe. Hmm. I'm done talking about that movie. Honestly, I... Are you, though? I want to be. I want to be. Like, Because I'm I, not the one who brings it up, bud. <laughs> no, I know. I just, I can't. I can't help it. it I, I, I'm honestly trying so hard because I go on Twitter and I see people yelling at each other back and forth like either Last Jedi was great and then right underneath it, you suck, you idiot, you're the worst, thank God JJ fixed it with Rise of Skywalker and then someone else jumps oh, in, yeah. Rise of Skywalker was the biggest piece of crap ever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want to conti- uh, contribute to this discourse in either way. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just kind of... Kind of seems pointless, doesn't it? I'm just kind of done with it. I, I bought the Blu-ray. Of course you did. <laughs> I bought the Steel Book because I needed it for my shelf. Because I had the Steel Book of the other two, and I'm a completionist. Mm-hmm. Yep. And filling that spot on my shelf was more valuable to me than the fifty dollars that I spent on it. Apparently. <laughs> and I tried. I tried watching it, and I just couldn't. I couldn't get through it. So Mission Impossible Two. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, yeah. What what else about Mission Impossible Two? So there yeah. is a a female member of the cast. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Tandy Newton's in it. She's good. She's cool. She plays a thief that used to date uh the Scottish Australian. Mm-hmm. Um, we should say this whole movie takes place in Sydney. And there's like one Australian guy, yeah, in the whole movie, and he's on Ethan Hunt's team. The bad guy is Scottish. His henchman, I believe, is South African. Sounds like it, yeah. Sounded pretty South African to me. Um, I yeah, I, there's one Aussie guy in the whole movie. It's very weird, um, but you know, you see the opera house. And the Sydney Harbor Bridge and all that shit. So you're definitely, you're definitely there. Um, yep. And what happens? What happens in the movie? Okay, so she used to date. What's the guy's name? Axel? Alex? Sean. Uh, Sean. It's Sean. <laughs> I knew it was a bro name. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Axel, Alex. I see. I see the train of thought there. Is it like it's like Sean? What? Sean? Is it like Sean Axel or Sean? Sean's uh, what? He, he what's his last name? Rose? No, that's a. I don't know. Donald. No, I can't remember. Anyways, so Sean, um, has. He he's steal, he wants to steal the virus, and so. Um, but also, uh, Ethan Hunt wants to kind of, kind of get in and and find out his plan. So he hires his ex-girlfriend to, uh, go back to him and, and kind of be a mole in the, in the system and find out his plan when he's going to, what he's going to do with the, with the chimera once he steals it and who's he going to sell it to and for how much and. All that kind of stuff. So that's going on, right? And there's like a good chunk of the movie at the beginning where Tom Cruise is not really in it that much. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's kind of until the actual heist happens, which is probably like an hour into the movie. That's kind of when Tom Cruise shows up. But um, there's one ridiculous scene where they infect the head of the pharmaceutical company played by Brendan Gleeson, with the vi- No, they had to have had the Chimera. Because they infect Brendan Gleeson with it, right? Yeah, let me let me in through the train doors of your thought train here. I don't know where the fuck you're talking about. Okay, you remember when the guy gets in the limo and he sees his yeah. obituary on the front page? And then the guy yeah. turn the driver turns on the AC and starts gassing him. And then he's in the hospital bed in like the plastic tent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he have the chimera? No. They gave him like a fake virus. They just knocked him out. They just um, knocked him out. So there's that scene with the head of the pharmaceutical, and there's the doctor who died at the beginning yeah. talking to him, and it's actually Ethan Hunt wearing a mask. At the same yes. time, there's a scene going yes. on with Ethan Hunt talking to the yeah. thief lady. But that's not yeah. Ethan Naya. Hunt. That's the bad guy. Yeah, Naya. Yeah. That's the bad guy wearing a mask, pretending to be Ethan Hunt, um, because he was suspicious of Naya and her cover is blown. And mm-hmm. so watching those scenes kind of congruently 
was not fun. <laughs> like no, you said, well, it was... too much masks. <laughs> yeah, like you get, like you know, you're you're pretty sure that this scene, you know, whoever is the doctor is a guy wearing a mask because the doctor, as you said, died at the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then Ethan Hunt is there talking to Naya, and you're like. Okay, well, if it's not Ethan Hunt, then this must be the bad guys, I guess, right? Yeah, so we assume they actually did give him Chimera. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's what was going on. Yeah, but then when it turns out to be Ethan, he didn't have Chimera. They just knocked him out they just and, like, him out. coerced the information had... out of right. him. Right, right. Yeah. He thought he had Chimera because he, he wanted to get the info about Bellerophon that they were planning to sell the cure. Mm-hmm. They were going to release the virus so that they could profit off the cure. Right. Okay, that makes more sense. Because what I did I write down was, does everyone just have masks? Forgetting <laughs> that the guy at the beginning had an Ethan Hunt mask on. It was the same guy. Yeah. I just forgot because everyone in this movie looks exactly the fucking same. Um, uh, and then... Oh, and I love when they say the name uh, there's a thing in movies that i love and that's when they say the name of the movie out loud in the movie yeah sometimes it's done real well like uh welcome to jurassic park you know yes then sometimes it's done like they do it in this movie where you get like one of if not the greatest actor of our time sir anthony hopkins a man who won an Oscar for less than 11 minutes of acting. Okay. The fucking goat. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. To say, well, this isn't Mission Difficult, Mr. Hunt. This is Mission Impossible. Difficult should be a walk in the park for you. And I'm like, holy fuck. Only, <laughs> only Anthony Hopkins could say that dialogue and make it sound awesome. Yeah. Because... On paper, that's bad. But they're like, yep. don't worry. So don't corny. Worry. <laughs> don't worry. We're bringing in the big guns. Here's the Michael <laughs> Jordan of acting. <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins to deliver some of the worst dialogue ever. This movie, by the way, I saw it in the credits and I was like, wait a minute. Robert Town. I know that name. Mm-hmm. Why do I know that name? He wrote Chinatown. What? A movie that is considered to be it it's 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 frequently on the list of the greatest movies of all time and in amongst screenwriters it's considered to be the greatest screenplay ever written. And he did it, this you know, movie? Yeah. He also did the first Mission Impossible, which is pretty good. Yeah. But he wrote this movie. Huh. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Robert, you needed the cash, I guess. Did he try? Maybe. Hmm. It's possible that it just got, like, John Wood, where John Wood was like, don't worry about, you know, the plotting. We'll just throw some some doves in, throw some (laughs) explosions in. Everyone gets a mask. Um. <laughs> it really it really went off the deep end. Well, and also this movie is made extra stupid by the next movie because in the next movie you finally get to see how they make the masks. 
Oh. And that is they have a very, very complicated 3D printer hooked up to a laptop and they have to like 3D print the mask. But then in order to get the, the voice strip, they have to, like there's a part in three where they kidnap Philip Seymour Hoffman and they're like, read this thing. And they give him a cue card. And I guess you need like enough of a dialogue sample. Like they probably have like the most scientifically perfect set of phrases in order to get every like vowel and consonant sound pair together so you can like perfectly mimic a person's voice, right? Hmm. And so they're like forcing him at gunpoint to read this thing while they're like 3D printing the mask and then it like has to like calibrate and you know, you put the thing on. And so when I'm like at the very end, let's jump to the end, we'll jump back to the middle later because since we're on the topic of masks i want to talk about um the double mask action that happens at the end because yes again fucking everyone gets a mask in this movie (laughs) so ethan hunt and the south african henchman yeah have a number two yeah have a big old punch up in the hallway of this like castle or cliff fortress where they're doing their deal um, and he literally, he like runs and like jump drop kicks him, two footed drop kicks him through a, a, a cloud of doves or pigeons or something as they're like flying away. It was the yeah, best. Yeah, this is an important note. The place was full of pigeons. Mm-hmm. Specifically, there were pigeons. Mm-hmm. So why there's a dove later is beyond me. But anyway, <laughs> please continue. I think, I think you can get white pigeons. So it's just supposed to look like a dove, but it was actually just a pigeon. Yeah, I've maybe. never seen a white pigeon. It's like, like squab. Speckly. Yeah, I don't think it's like street pigeons are, are. I think like pigeons you would raise for food. You know, like squab. I think they can be white. Anyways, um, not here to talk about who can squab. and can't be white. Um, <laughs> but so he runs and 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 makes all the birds fly at the bad guy, and then two foot drop kicks him in the chest through the birds. It's amazing, and they have a big old punch up. <laughs> And then the next scene is Ethan Hunt dra- or, or Ethan Hunt getting dragged into uh, the the boardroom of evil, <clears throat> where a surprisingly long uh, e transfer is happening. But I guess you know it is two thousand, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it takes like a supercomputer, and they're probably encrypting it. I don't know. Um, dra- you know, Ethan Hunt uh, gets dragged in. And dropped it the uh, Sean's. I wish I knew his last name. Uh, Ambrose, Sean Ambrose. Oh hey, Is that all right? That sounds yeah, right. that sounds right. Yeah. Anyways, I knew it was something stupid. Um, like Axel <laughs> or Ambrose. Okay, drops him at his feet and uh, and they kind of have like he's kind of going like. Mm. And he's like, why can't he talk? He's like, well, oh, oh, I think I broke his jaw, you know. Um, yeah. And so uh, there was like a line that Ethan Hunt had like quipped at him earlier during an earlier gunfight, like, oh, you're always like too quick to get your gun off or whatever. And so then in this scene, he's like, this is what I call getting my gun off. And he fucking just like unloads his clip into Ethan Hunt and the dude dies. Um, in the mayhem of all that, um, the South African guy has run off and has taken the antidote with him. And... Uh, Sean Ambrose realizes at the last minute and he pulls the face off of Ethan Hunt and it's his henchman with duct tape over his mouth uh, mm-hmm. and 
Ethan Hunt's running in slow motion. Fucking doves are everywhere. <laughs> fire and fire and doves, and he rips the mask off, and it's Ethan Hunt, and he's got he's got the antidote, and he's running down the corridor, and um, I was just like, oh my god, double mask action. But then I remembered that scene from the bathroom in Mission Impossible Three, where it took like an entire like a entire team of people, like three or four people. To, like, catch the guy, make him read the thing, 3D print his face, and I'm like, where did all this stuff come from? He didn't right. have it. He, he just got it, just got in his back pocket? Did he print it beforehand? How'd he get the voice sample? What's going on? Yeah, for real. Like, how would he have a mask and voice sample? Of this specific dude. But more importantly, was he carrying around a mask of his own face this whole time? Maybe. Maybe he's like, like oh, yeah, no, just... I have I have a pimple. <laughs> I need to put on a fresh face. <laughs> yeah. Puts maybe, on a mask we, of himself. maybe we don't even know what Ethan Hunt looks like. Maybe Tom Cruise God. is just the mask that he chooses to wear most of the time. Oh, my God. Maybe it's actually Denzel Washington underneath there. Man, it's actually Steve Buscemi the whole time. <laughs> oh, what an amazing twist. If they were like ever going to do like the final Mission Impossible movie, like this is the last one, we're calling it. And then he pulls off his mask at the end and it turns out Ethan Hunt has just been a face that he's had in his collection. Like he's got like the the temple of the many-faced god like in Game of Thrones. He's just got faces on the wall and he just like pulls off this face and puts it on and it's Ethan Hunt and he turns around and it's Christopher Walken. <laughs> just the I would ugliest dumbest sounding man <laughs> i would love it so much it's been christopher oh, walken the whole time that'd be good or super duper double twist it's john voight who's the bad guy from the first one anyways now we're getting into oh john voight who's the bad guy in the first one but playing the main character from the tv show from the 60s and they made the main character from the show in the 60s the bad guy in the new movie. It was great. It was super good. Anyways. Um, Crazy town. Yeah. It's like one of those cool facts where like you don't need to know it to enjoy the movie. Yeah. But once you do know it, you're like, oh, that's kind of fun. Um, fun fact. The only thing that happens in the middle is like the classic like Mission Impossible. We have to steal a thing where we have to break into the incredibly complex vault that can only be open for 40 seconds and you have to jump out of a helicopter to get in and you can't sweat or anything or else the alarm will go off. <laughs> that was the first yeah. one. He had to like catch his own sweat. Yeah, I remember that scene. Off that his was, glasses. Yeah. was really good. It was really good. But yeah, no, this um, one, yeah, they have their epic heist and there's like stakes and everything. But it's weird because it, with all the like the rising action and tension of that scene and like they have to break in he's got to go in he's breaking into the pharmaceutical company because he wants to destroy the virus because then i mean he doesn't need the antidote it's then not worth anything if the virus is gone yeah but then of course ambrose is breaking in to stop him so he can steal the virus and then there's a big showdown lots of shooting lots of action yeah. Lots of good. Um, this is like some classic John Woo action. Glass sure. breaking, sparks flying off of everything, doves exploding. <laughs> Surprising <Not> restraint <laughs> for with the doves, um, <laughs> in that scene. But I, I wrote. I actually really like that scene. I wrote. This is actually really good. 
I thought it was good too. It was, but it was partway through that scene where I was like, oh, I really like this scene that I thought, wait a minute. There's like 40 minutes left in this movie. Is this the climax? Uh-huh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the climax is going to be far worse. It's uh-huh. going to be a real shitty punch up on a beach. Yep. I mean, it was preceded by a pretty amazing motorcycle chase. I will, okay, yeah. I will give it that. The chase, the chase Tom was Cruise good. jumps off his motorcycle and like skis on his shoes down behind and like next to his motorcycle so that he can use his motorcycle for cover as the you know ambrose drives the other way and like shoots at him and then they jump off their motorcycles in midair they collide and then their motorcycles also collide and explode in midair <laughs> it's incredible it's pretty it's, ridiculous it's it's insanity um <laughs> but it hurts so much oh yeah oh yeah they should and both then, be dead in that moment yeah, and then like you know they have a like a fight. They do this thing where Tom Cruise. I don't know how they did it because it looks like it's really happening, but I can't believe that it would be where he catches the knife and it stops like right before his eye. That was awesome. Well, that was that was CGI. That had to be CGI, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. no way. There was actually there was a, few, a couple moments. Uh, one of the notes that I put on the movie is that it it does feel dated to me in. Uh, and like all of oh. the all of the green screen work that they did was just like ooh, that's the first that's shot of of the airplane oh. that like opens the movie. Oh, it's bad. It's not as bad as the airplane crash in uh, Air Force One. That is horrendous. But this is oh, like know that one. Not a go. Yeah, just look it up when we're done. It's it's <laughs> sounds good. It's Even about stinkier. as good as. It's about as good as reboot. Um, Ooh, booey. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, no, some of the special effects work was not not the greatest, but they make up for it with doves. So, <laughs> well, there's like that scene where like the the door explodes at the. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, it's before it's before the henchman goes and chases Ethan Hunt. He like shoots a pipe bomb and like blows open the door, and then he walks by in slow motion and stares at Ambrose through the flames. And a dove flies by his face—a glowing dove, a glowing dove. It yeah. is glowing. It was comped in for sure. It was really fucking stupid, <laughs> like absolutely ridiculously stupid. But I think that's kind of the charm of the movie, isn't it? <sighs> I think what this no. movie has going for it is that it's ridiculously stupid. Am I wrong? Like I don't I don't know. I feel like it didn't play like it knew that it was stupid. I felt no. like it was just stupid and trying really hard. It it plays like they meant to do it earnestly and that's kind of what I like. Oh, okay. Like cuz yeah. there's there's like the new like Fast and Furious movies where like they kind of know that they're stupid and like the only person who's actually taking it seriously is Vin Diesel. Mm. Um, but then there's like, you know, movies like this where you can tell they were genuinely trying to make an awesome movie. And like at the time, this was probably what was deemed cool. You know, Limp Biscuit doing your soundtrack <laughs> and dubs and explosions. Yep. The woo factor. The woo factor. Um, so yeah, during anyways, during the lab break in, Naya infects herself with Chimera. We skipped that bit. 
Yeah, yeah. So that that scene felt like the climax. Like it was. Yeah. It was the best well, I, scene. I wrote during that scene. The music is way too epic. That was that was part of it. That's why I had to stop and be like, wait, this isn't this isn't the climax of the movie. Why is why does it feel like it is? And it I got f- a part of that was the music got uh, so huge. Hans Zimmer was blowing his wad too soon. Oh yeah, dude. Got to practice your tantric composing, man. Keep it together till the end. Um, did he do the music for this? I'm Hans, not surprised. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it felt like it felt like Hans. Was it Hans? Now I'm doubting myself. It probably was because I don't remember it specifically, but it felt like movie music. So it was probably Mission Hans Zimmer. Impossible to. You know. I am googling it. No, no memorable themes, but. There is definitely music there, so that's probably a sign of Hans Zimmer. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I'm so bad at looking stuff up. Mm-hmm. That's all right. I'll, I'll keep talking while you're doing this. So, yes, it's she, Hans Zimmer. Okay, we're done. Nice. She, <laughs> she infects <laughs> herself with uh, Chimera. Hans Zimmer blows his wad, <laughs> and then uh, Ethan Hunt jumps out a window. The Zimmer load. He's like, you got 20 hours, and I'll, I'll get Blair Fawn into your system. And he jumps out the window, and then maybe some stuff happens in between then and now. And then they have a knife fight on the beach, and uh, it ends with Ethan Hunt kicking a gun up out of the sand and doing a sweet catch and spin. And he shoots Sean Ambrose a whole bunch. And then uh, that's kind of the whole movie. Yep. Oh yeah, and then he he inoculates Naya. Yeah, he saves her, and then yeah, yeah, goes on vacation at the end. Hmm. We didn't talk about how he gets his mission. Should he choose to accept it? Oh. So so he's he's free balling it up the cliff, (laughs) and he gets to the top. Not what that means. And he gets to the top, and all of a sudden a helicopter shows up, and a dude in a suit with a <laughs> rocket launcher leans out the window and shoots a rocket, and the rocket like sticks into the ground, and a pair of sunglasses pop out of the tail. Oh my gosh. And uh, um, he pulls off the sunglasses and puts them on, and he's like, Mr. Hunt, your mission, should you choose to accept it? And it's Anthony Hopkins, and you're like, wow, how did they get him? Uh, and he's like, next time you go on vacation, do uh, try to tell us where you'll be going. And he's like, if I tell you where I'm going, it wouldn't be much of a vacation. And then he throws the glasses, and they explode into the main credits. And it's... Yep. I feel like it defines what, like, a movie from 2000 should be, you know? It's like yep. everything from the 90s built up into that moment <laughs> where he throws it. And all of a sudden, it explodes, and Limp Biscuit is playing. <laughs> oh, iconic! Yes, I had the soundtrack to this movie as a kid. Oh no, it was a real bad Metallica song on it too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sheesh. Anyways, I think we kind of—did we miss anything incredibly stupid? I think the the glasses. Was kind of the the last thing on 
I didn't have it on my list, but I, it's the last thing I can remember that we needed to talk about. Anthony no, Hopkins I mean, kind of never shows up again, by the way. Like in the other movies? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, like in the in the third one, it's Morpheus. And then every movie after that, it's been uh, Alec Baldwin. Oh. Been the director of the IMF. Um... And in the, I don't know, in the first one was some white guy. I can't remember. Who's apparently coming back for the seventh one now. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, we didn't talk about Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames is in it. Oh, yeah, totally. Now we talked about it. He's a computer whiz. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's Ving Rhames. I think he's the only one other than Tom Cruise that's been in every Mission Impossible movie. Except maybe three. He might not be in three. Oh, I can't remember now. Because in three, they introduced Simon Pegg. And yeah, I can't remember if he's on the team in three. I kind of want to go back and watch three now. Well, maybe I will. Sounds like you have to. I guess. Keep your eyes peeled for Ving Rhames. There's no other way to know whether or not he's in that movie. (laughs) Except for you to watch it. When will I possibly find the time? To watch all the Mission Impossible movies again. You'll have to really intentional, really intentionally like carve out uh, a bit of your schedule for it, I think. You I should have to so, make time. Because, as you know, I'm a very, very busy man. It does very, very oh. important things all the time. And he, oh, he was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. Hey, now you don't have to. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Because I was going to do some major uh, schedule shifting there. Dodge the bullet. Oh, he was in Mission Impossible 4, but uncredited. Maybe he's not really in 4. He might just show up at the end or something like that. Huh. And then, yeah, he's in every one since then. Cool. I love it. I love it. Um, So, look. This was a movie. I feel I feel like we didn't explain the plot very well, but also I have no other way of explaining it. <laughs> I mean, what do you want to know? Guy tries to steal a virus at the beginning, fails. Uh, Tom Cruise hires his ex-girlfriend to infiltrate his inner circle, find out when he's planning on stealing the actual virus, attempts to steal the virus at the exact same time uh, as him, which doesn't make any sense. Do it the day before, man. Like, <laughs> why are you doing it at the same time? Um she infects herself with the virus. He then decides his goal, new goal is to get the antidote into her, and he's got 20 hours to do so. So he crashes uh, the e-transfer party that's happening at the Sinister Cliff Base in uh, Australia and sends his team to go pick her up because she's uh, getting dropped off in the middle of downtown Sydney somewhere or something like that. But then later she's actually on a cliff thinking about jumping off because she doesn't want to die from Chimera. And uh, it ends with a incredible explosion dove motorcycle chase that ends with kind of an underwhelming fight on the beach and tom cruise kicks a gun into the air and shoots the bad guy and inoculates his girlfriend in the nick of time and then goes on vacation again yeah here's an interesting um interesting fact about the recap that you just gave at the very end you called her his girlfriend Mm mm-hmm um, and I don't think that it's even come up yet in all the time that we've been talking about the movie that they are like together. I just because... assumed that it was a given because it's a movie from 
the early 2000s and uh he's a man and she's a woman and so obviously at some point they're going to have sex yeah like right away because she's, she's the yeah because she's the he, only female he's the lead he's supposed to go recruit her um but he goes and, and sleeps with her yeah um there's a very but sexy... like it was so unnecessary like in yeah. all the time that we've talked about the plot it was not necessary <laughs> for them well, to have and that's, together okay well and that's kind of maybe the weirdest part of the movie is because then he's like um trying to recruit her to go after ambrose and she's like "Ugh, so that's what this is about you want me to sleep with him in order for you to you know in order to find out you know the information about chimera whatever and he's like yeah just like well you know you were the one that made this physical and it's like you guys boinked once why are you getting so upset you know, like it's played off like they're like in love with each other. It's it's assumed right away mm-hmm. that and they're like, in love with like each Tom, other. And like Tom, well, yeah, because Tom Cruise is like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to send her in. I don't want her to do that. And, you know, like, why, do, why does she have to do it? Like, what's, what's she going to be doing? Um, like, like, what do you want her to do? And Anthony Hopkins is like, sleep with a man and lie to her or, and lie to him. You know, um, he's oh, like, yeah, she, no, she, the she line, doesn't have any training. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> she doesn't, doesn't have any training, training for like, this. Like, what training does she need to sleep with a man and lie to him? She's a woman. She's got all the training she needs. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. uh, hashtag me too. Can't write that line anymore. Oh, yeah. Wow, that was bad. That was yeah. that was the biggest cringe for me. And there was a glowing dove that flew through a burning door. And I was like, no, this was, this was <laughs> way fucking worse. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah, so it's like it's played off like they're in love. After Tom Cruise crashes her jewel heist, and then they sleep together once. Yeah, it was. I just it felt really unnecessary. It did, but you know, it's a movie. You gotta have a love story, or else why? Why even do it? Why even make a movie if you're not gonna boink? Yeah, I like that they kind of canned that in the later Mission Impossible movies. Like in three, he has a wife because uh, he's like tried to get out of the game, but he gets dragged back in. Oh, um, classic. Yeah, and I can't. He's got a wife, and then I think at the end of that, he like fakes his own death, um, in order to keep her safe, or whatever. Mm. And then you see her briefly in four, and then. They meet up in six at the end. He's, uh, she's like a, a doing like a Doctors Without Borders thing in like a village in Nepal or something like that. And, um, the bad guy plants a nuclear bomb in that village. And so Ethan Hunt shows up to disarm the nuclear bomb and then he runs into his wife who's got a new boyfriend. Awkward. Yeah. And then, I mean, she's kind of figured out that he's a spy. I think she kind of sees him from, like, across the harbor at the end of four. And she's kind of like, is that him? Maybe. Mm. And then he, like, does the whole, like, a bus drives by and he's gone kind of thing. Oh, classic. Classic. It's my favorite movie superpower. <laughs> the old you know, Jason... this movie used that in a, in a in an interesting way. Where it wasn't a bus passing by, but it was a flamenco dancer's dress and then like oh, yeah. the very, when he first he go, goes to the party to to find 
Nyla, the thief, and yeah, he's like looking right. at her from across the the stage, which is like in the center of the room. The flamenco dancing, by the way, is super impressive. Like, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that. I just it's like tap dancing, but really cool. You know. Well, yeah, because it's like sexier. But uh, the music is just, just better. Not yeah. that all tap dancing is bad. It's just usually like. Pretty, well, because it was invented bad. by Latin people. And they take everything and they're like, let's make this better by making it sexy. Is that the Spanish way? Yeah. Like white people were like, let's tap our feet on the ground real fast to make a bunch of clickety clacks and that'll be great. And <laughs> then Spanish people, Latin American people, I don't know if they were from Spain or if they were from Central or South America. I think flamenco is Spanish. But... Is it Spanish? Oh, whatever. They're... They're a romantic people in Spain. Um, and so they're like, this this kind of dancing is impressive and it's fun and it sounds cool, but wouldn't it be better if like the people doing it were like this close to just fucking right in front of you? Like they're doing this dance and like at any moment they could just tear each other's clothes off and just get down to it. It's the same with like, you know, a tango. It's just ballroom dancing where you're... <laughs> you're one second away from doing the horizontal cha-cha. <laughs> so thank you, Spain. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for taking everything and making it sexy. Yeah, that's good. But yeah. yeah, it's her, like, her, her, her dress flies up between Ethan Hunt and Nyla, and then Nyla's gone. Where is Unfortunately, she? it was really, really obvious that that was going to happen because it was really, really obvious that Nyla was being green screened into the scene immediately before she disappears. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it was so bad. You know, not every movie can be perfect. And uh, <laughs> this one was so close, but just oh, couldn't quite. It was, it was a dove's wing away. Wasn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Did the, a dove too far or not enough dove? Mm. <laughs> New rating system. <laughs> for John, for yeah. John Woo movies only, a dove too far or not enough dove? What do you give it? You know. I mean, both kind of mean bad. In a way. Yep. <laughs> There's no good John Woo movie, apparently. <laughs> I, would say, I would say not enough dove is better. Like you wanted more. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dove Too Far is like, this is ridiculous. I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, not enough Dove for me for this yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, for all the flaws that we talked about, this was not like, not a very, it's not a bad movie. No, it's I'm going to say, not. I'm going to say Craptacular. It's Craptacular. I am, I am also going to say not enough Dove. Yeah. It's. Can you put in it, like a, a bird sound effect? Yeah, I'll put in the sound or... of a thousand birds taking off. <laughs> That's going to be loud. That concludes Mission Impossible 2. Mm-hmm. Back in the habit. Um, next month. Let's see if I have anything picked up for next month. Do we want to continue our, our distant future, the year 2000 kind of thing? I mean, we kind of missed it last week. But 
Also, I have scheduled Gone in 60 Seconds for May, and that oh. movie fucking rocks. Um, so but here's a question. Is it is it worth watching a movie like that if you just like already love it? Well, I was going to watch it because I was pretty sure you haven't seen it. Is that... And I is don't that think the we've one done the... where at one point they're all driving like little minis? No, that's the Italian job. Oh, that's the Italian job. Okay, well then, yeah, I don't know that one. Um, it's the one where, um, uh, fuck, and Nicolas Cage is a car thief, and Angelina Jolie has blonde dreadlocks and what? was also a car thief. And they have to steal a bunch of cars for a gangster, or else the gangster's gonna whack Nicolas Cage's brother. And so they gotta deliver all these cars in one night. Uh, and one of them is a Shelby Mustang, like 1967 Shelby Mustang, which is like um, Nicolas Cage's like kryptonite car. Like it's the one car he's never been able to steal. Um, and that's like the last one that he has to to steal. Anyways, it's pretty. It's pretty good. Because he doesn't drive stick. Ooh, that would be funny. Actually, that's a bit that I um would love to put in a movie one day. Is like a guy, like you know, stops a car at gunpoint and like pulls the person. I was like, get out of the fucking car! Get out of the car! He like gets in. He's like, cops are chasing him. He gets in and he's like, there's a stick shift. And he just and he has to like get out of the car. And he like puts the woman back in the car, and then he gets like in the back seat, and he's like, "Drive!" I think that'd be so funny. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Um, yeah. All right. So gone in sixty seconds. Maybe month? unless I think of something better. I was gonna I was gonna do it because again, there was supposed to be a Fast and Furious movie coming out next month, but that's been pushed to next year because everything's canceled. Right. Um. So, well, maybe we yeah. can just play off the uh, play off like the. Maybe we should just choose one from the the quarantine list. Ooh, we could, we could. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've seen all the ones on my list, and I've seen most of the ones on your list. I have to go back and look. You see, enjoyed them. We could do like viral movie uh, we'll, we'll, we'll think about it I'll, I'll I'll try and think of something if you got any good suggestions you can send them my way and if anyone listening has any good suggestions I, I'll check the email but yeah it might be gone in 60 seconds and I'll try to announce it you know like a couple days before the episode comes out so if you want to watch it you can watch it before and then listen to the show but um, yeah I think that's kind of it for uh for this episode that's a wrap yeah we're gonna hit it next month as uh as per usual um until next time thank you so much for listening to the podcast uh if you like the show please tell a friend about it you can subscribe to the show leave a review you can do that on just about any of your podcast apps it really helps other people find the show um we're on itunes spotify or it's not even called iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. Whatever. 
We're on your we're on your iPhone. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, YouTube. We are on your iPhone. <laughs> yeah. There's just a podcast. Like There's just a podcast app that's already on your iPhone. When you yeah, get it, so sounded you... it sounded either really menacing or like we were you two. <laughs> like we were you two. I was just gonna make the you two joke. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> you beat me to it. Yeah, we are, dude. If we could get the you two deal, that would be sick. Oh, interesting. Just everyone, everyone gets would our hate ep- us. <laughs> hey, we're still talking about it. When, that was like it's true. That was like eleven years ago. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, yeah. So. We're on all those places. We're on all the social medias at RetroCrapPod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we have a Patreon that we're going to be doing some more bonus stuff for since we have nothing but free time at the <laughs> moment. Um, we have like bonus episodes, um, but also special watch along episodes. Is that what we're calling them? Like a. Well, we were going to do like a commentary track, I think, right? Was it kind of the idea? That's a better way of phrasing it, yeah. Yeah, it was going to be like a commentary track. But then also, um, we could just do like a Netflix party. I was just thinking that earlier today. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we, we can just... do a Netflix party to like record at the same time while we're talking about a movie. But then also, we can just put the link out yeah. and anyone can just come watch with us and join in the chat. Yeah. That could be fun. Maybe we'll do it. Who knows? Um, I mean, look, I'm not committing to anything at this point. I have a <laughs> lot of I, I have a lot of ideas. Not a, all of them come to fruition, but and you're so busy, so so busy. Oh my god, my schedule. You have no fucking idea. You have no fucking idea. You have no idea. <laughs> when are we ever gonna end a show? Well, um. We have a Patreon. We're on all the socials. You can email us, uh, retrocrappod at gmail.com. Please send us an email. The only people that email us are this um, marketing company that shells out for bad movies, which I guess is like our thing. But yeah, it sucks to get the emails still. <laughs> Because, like, there's there's movies that are bad, and that's why they're great, and that's why you watch them. And I think that's kind of what we try to put out yeah. there. Like, you know. Those are the craptaculars. Whereas these movies are just bad. Because the people making them are, are talentless and didn't try. They're just, yeah, steam Whereas piles. I want movies that are people trying really hard and failing spectacularly yep yeah so that's it's a fine line uh you know to that that definition um but uh yeah that's that's what that's what crap we've talked before about what craptacular means on the show um well yeah, it's the name of our fucking show we've talked about it well yeah yeah no i know we don't talk about it every episode though you know it's not part of the shtick we just say we're on the search for the best bad movies on the should planet Should it be? Earth. Should we? Should we let people know? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. If you... Do you? Do you ever find a podcast and not start with the first episode? Yep. Oh, okay. Usually, Never mind then. 
Well, it depends on, on how I'm getting to that podcast. Like, usually how I discover podcasts, I either discover the host somewhere else mm. and then jump to their podcast. And so then I kind of just look for like a topic or an episode title that interests me and kind of start there. Or it's like there's one that's like guest starring the host of another podcast that I listened to. And they were like, hey, I did this podcast this week. You should go listen to it. It was a lot of fun. And then I go listen to that show, um, which is how I discovered my favorite podcast, Do Go On, was Nick Mason uh, yeah. from The Weekly Planet was a guest on an episode. Uh, and so I listened to that and I was like, this is kind of funny. And then I saw that they did an episode about the uh, great maple syrup heist um and i was like oh i heard a different podcast about this let's listen to this and then this kind of spun out of control from there and i've listened to every episode multiple times but (laughs) so no i don't always start at the front unless it's like so like those a couple of the hosts of that podcast have then since started spinoff podcasts and so i have been listening since the beginning and so i've started with the first episode and just gone week to week as they come out but i see i see yeah, I don't I don't always start on the first one. Usually I kind of start with a topic that interests me or a guest that interests me. Right, right, right. Depending that on what the podcast sense. is about. Yeah. Yeah. That's my that's how I pick podcasts. You you always start at the top or the bottom? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Always. Cuz also you also usually I think like the first episode of something is not going to be the best. Like I think it kind of takes a while you know, five or six episodes usually to kind of find your groove, hit your stride. So yeah, often, but I just, I don't know why that's just how my brain works. I always want to start with the first one. Fair enough. Right. You, I mean, you wouldn't like start a TV show with being like, I'm going to jump in like the middle of season three. And just kind of see what <laughs> yeah, happens. Episode five has an interesting title. Let's see what that one does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, depending on the show, right. But like, no, not depending on the show. I would always start with episode one. Well, I don't know. Like something like Top Gear, for example. I might go like, I'm not interested in them reviewing, you know, this BMW or whatever. But I am interested in them trying to build hovercrafts. <laughs> so maybe I'll okay. start with the hovercraft yeah. vent, you know. <laughs> It, it depends on... That's a fair point. Okay, okay. Like, if I was listening to, like, a true crime podcast, which was, like, a linear story and had, like, seasons, obviously I would start at the beginning. Mm. It's, it kind of it depends on, on what the show is. But if it's, like, just episodic, then sometimes find a, a, a topic. But, yeah, no, most, most of the time on a show, yeah, I would start at the beginning. So, anyways, we were ending the show, and then we Where did we? that. Is that what we were doing? We were oh. almost done. We were almost free. <laughs> what if I just hit? What if I just stopped recording right now? What What would you do? I would if end I just... the show without you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's fair. I could just say a bunch of bad stuff about you behind your back, and you could. No, well, I yourself. would stop recording. I would still hear what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, I guess I still need you to send me the file too. Uh, uh, mm. Anyways, uh, stay safe. <laughs> stay. Socially distant. But not emotionally distant. No. Do what we do. Podcast once a month. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the social interaction I need. Thanks. Woo!
too. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far. You should get a prize. Slow clap for you, my friend. Um, and we will see you next month with another craptacular, hopefully craptacular movie. Mm. Or Gone in 60 Seconds. I don't know what I'd give Gone in 60 Seconds. We'll find out, won't we? Anyways, that's the show. Yes, Keep we will. watching crap. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, nailed it. This message will destruct in five seconds.